a night of no shows in the NBA playoffs as Boston and Phoenix failed to show up. Are their seasons over? Are there some tweaks they can make? We're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked on NBA. Let's go. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast, breaking down everything you want to know about the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On Wednesdays, I'm your normal co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'm joined by Hayes of Locked On Bulls today. What's going on, dude? What's going on, Jake? How's your day going? It's going pretty good. Let, let me ask you a quick question before we jump into anything here. Clearly, Jokic learned something from Matt Ishbia, huh? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little just, bit, just a little bit on, on the flop there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a little perfect touch, I thought. <laughs> yeah, and it's KD did as long as KD's arms are, he didn't even extend his arm fully, but that flop was nice. He definitely learned something. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that game coming up in the second segment. And, of course, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Let's get into the early game here because I was kind of surprised by this one. The Philadelphia 76ers beating the Boston Celtics 115-103. Boston never showed up to this game. Yeah, I, 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 I guess they they needed a night off. I don't know. Uh, it, it it definitely was not the the atmosphere I thought we would get coming into this game. But hey, shout out to Philly for being able to come in and just just really grab that game and and hold on to control it. They won every quarter but the fourth quarter in this game. And hey, uh, j- shout out to James Harden only taking eight shots in this game, really letting uh, Tyrese Maxey get to work as well. So. They had the role players step up in this one, right? Um, House was really good for him. That looked like the guy they wanted kind of all season long. And Joel Embiid was Joel Embiid looking like the MVP in this one. He had four blocks, including a chase down block where once you saw that, it was like, okay, so Philly's not going to lose this because I think Embiid just wants it more. But the Celtics had a chance late in the Mm -hmm. fourth. They got it within seven and then promptly were like, no, never mind. We don't want to win this game. Yeah, I, I, I it, one thing with me is that I always with James Harden teams, I always think like, all right, when is it gonna? When are they gonna start? You know, just faltering here in the in the last half or whatever, because that's what happens with James Harden. But like the 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 Boston Celtics literally looked at this game and said, hey, we could get it. We don't really want it though. Let's who who? Let's go to Game Seven. Maybe that's what they were thinking. I I don't know, man. Because it, yeah, it, it was so surprising to me that they just don't show up it'd be it'd be funny if we try to get uh john kraus the normal wednesday host on here because i'm sure he's not exactly too happy it's probably a good thing we don't the show would be like banned from the airwaves i think if he was on here but that so this type of game makes me look at boston a little weird because this is the same group they've had for a long time right you have al horford who's shown up for one game of this series and you yeah. feels like you need him against joel Embiid, even though Embiid plays well against him like, is this the type of game that kind of changes your view of a team like that? Or is it like, okay, stay the course, they can still figure the series out? Or do they need, like, a bigger shakeup coming at some point? I think I think that's why you've, like, heard 
Jalen Brown's names in almost every trade talk rumor that's popped up for the for the Boston Celtics lately because it does seem like they may need it. This was, I think, the, the last time to really see what this team could do. Not to say that they're necessarily going to go into the offseason to make all these wholesale changes, but I do think they may be more open to it because there's just something about this roster that's just not getting it done when they need to get it done. And this has proven it. Like, Joel Embiid has played like the MVP, what, the last three games? Mm-hmm. And you see that Boston has really had no answer to it. And so... Uh, I, I I really don't know. I think they're probably going to be open to it uh, to see what they can get and to, to move this team around, especially if, if they lose in the next game and that's in the series, they don't even push it to a game seven. You, you have to eventually start looking at it. You have a talented roster, but, I mean, it can only get you so far. Yeah, you know, just not being able to get over the hump and being so close the past couple of years makes you yeah. a little bit worried i think and i think I, even if they lose in the next game i think they'll they'll probably run it back for next season you have missoula not as the interim coach anymore maybe yeah. there's some more stability there i know boston fans have been kind of calling for his head this season with everything but maybe with a little more stability he he kind of grows to as coaches do but they were also in this position last year in the second round against the bucks right they yeah. lost at home in game five then they won on the road and then won at home in game seven so i think it's a little premature to to be like uh they need to completely blow it up but this definitely raises some some red flags too like you you can't win when Harden isn't shooting and at one point you heard them in the huddle saying let's put Brogdon on Harden and that was the exact matchup that he was hunting early in the game when he was actually shooting I don't know, man. When when you're giving James Harden exactly what he wants and he didn't need to take advantage, it makes me a little bit nervous about that team long term. Yeah, definitely. And, and their defensive identity is the thing that you usually be uh, are able to bet on with them. And I think we may be seeing the slight difference between because Joe Mazzullo has been able to come in and really slide in effortlessly. But I think mm-hmm. that we're seeing maybe Ime Doko is better equipped to make those defensive adjustments. Yeah. Uh, and 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 Missoula is, is learning through that. So, you know, maybe that maybe that's the biggest thing in this series as well. Yeah, no, that's a great point. You know, you see it on a number of teams. I see it here in New Orleans with head coach Willie Green, where like young coaches who are in their first or second year, they make mistakes too, right? It's like a, it's like a a rookie or a second year player. Like they, they can grow. You've got to give these guys a little bit of time to kind of learn from mistakes. And unfortunately for the Celtics, that might mean, you know, playoff failure here. And I think even losing in seven games in this series would be a playoff failure with them. What, what do you make of Al Horford? 0 for 7 in this game is just, it's been rough, man. I hate seeing this from a guy I like so much. I love Al Horford, and I, I've really liked Al Horford almost since he came into the league. Um, but I think at some point you have to realize, like, Al Horford's 36 years old. While that's not old at all, like, in real life, that is start when you, you may start seeing some of that decline, especially as a big man. And, you know, when, you, when you're when you supposed to be guarding out there, uh, MVP, the MVP now in Joel Embiid, we're just seeing him being exposed a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, he's not giving the Celtics anything. And he was a big part of that run to the finals last year. And now we're just, we're not, he's not nearly having that same impact at all. No, and if you're playing him to the degree that he is, you know, 25 minutes it, you know, it doesn't sound a ton. It's not like a full-on 36 starter minutes here, but you can't get... He's had one good game. He's had one good game two games ago, last game. I forget what it was where he's like six of eight where he gave you, you know, however many points. You got to get more 
than that from him. And if you're not going to do that, I, I, I worry because you need an answer to Joel Embiid and just kind of letting him take what the, he's so good that he's just taking what they give him. He's like, okay, I'll hit mid range jumpers. Like no problem. I can play on the <laughs> perimeter, hit threes. Yeah. I guess he's the MVP for a reason. It's tough to defend those guys, but still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you have to throw something at him and they right now have no answer for Joel Embiid. And considering he came into the series and there was questions around if he was going to be a hundred percent at any point in the series, you know, that first game back, he he showed up and, and showed, no, I'm the MVP for a reason, and you're going to have to guard me. Nobody's stepping up to stop. I mean, and you can't fully stop Embiid, but they're not even slowing him down. And, you know, Embiid's hitting that place as a player, too, where he is fine letting the game come to him. He's fine not forcing it. He's fine, you know, setting up other players if it needs that. And that's a dangerous position to be in as an opposing team if Joel Embiid is just letting the game come to him and they're having this type of success, so... Yeah, now they're up 3-2. So if you want more on either of these teams, be sure to check out Locked On Celtics, Locked On Sixers. They're going to be covering this, what could be over for the Boston Celtics very soon. So coming up next here in today's episode of Locked On NBA, we've got the Phoenix Suns, who also no-showed in the second half. A little bit of flopping action. That was an interesting game. We'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Game Time. You want to get tickets to an event? It's the last minute you're stressed. It doesn't need to be a big deal because Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. And the best part, you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, concerts, theater, basically everything. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 100%, uh, 110% of the difference. You can feel safe shopping there. If you're looking for something to do on a Friday night, hop on Game Time. See what's on sale. Go have a fun evening. So download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen today and every day. If you're an everydayer, we're here Monday through Friday for y'all covering all of the biggest stories in the postseason here. We got another one, another no-show here, Hayes. The Phoenix Suns not showing up in the second half, losing 118-102. It was close, and then then suddenly it was not close. Yeah, when you look at the the Phoenix Suns scoring 25 points in that second quarter to Denver Nuggets 17 points, and you're like, okay, this is going to be a game. And then quickly after that third quarter started, you realize, oh, no, it's not about to be a game. The, The Denver Nuggets showed up to play in Jokic. Listen, much like we said with with Joel Embiid, Jokic being able to just kind of let the game come to him, getting a triple-double in this game, uh, really being the motor of that Denver Nuggets team, uh, when other other players on the team are hitting their shots— it's it's they're the, probably one of the most dangerous teams to guard in the league because that offense comes from all over the court once Jokic is in his in his bag, so to say, and, and really setting up everybody else. And that's what we saw. And the Phoenix Suns had no answer tonight, none. Look, they they helped Jokic out, right? Like yeah. it kind of comes down to the role players here. You had Michael Porter Jr. actually show up and not waste a fifty point performance from Jokic. He was good in this one. He hit four straight threes, I think, in this game at one point. And when that's happening. That's going to bury another team. You had Jamal Murray with 19, Bruce Brown with 25 off the bench. If he, if Jokic gets like a little bit of help, 
He yeah. is so good that he can carry this team. And despite all of the talent on the Phoenix Suns, they're beatable. I know people were really worried about them going into the postseason. They hadn't lost when Kevin Durant was healthy, I think. But mm-hmm. something's off about that Phoenix Suns team. And every time I watch them, I kind of wondered, is it just simply DeAndre Ayton? Does he want to be there? Do they know how to really use him? Or is this similar to the Boston Celtics, like a trade that's going to happen in the offseason? I think I think the writing's on the wall there. I really think that yeah. they they w- wanted to try to move him this offseason. I, I truly believe that. Now, for, for mm-hmm. CBA rules and other things, they couldn't. But I fully expect them to move DeAndre Ayton this offseason. And he's he's a, a, a chip that they can move and get a lot back for and maybe help balance out that team a little bit. This team also... The Phoenix Suns have no bench at all. So they need to figure that out. They have no bench. So if it's not coming from that starting lineup and DeAndre Aiden Aiden is not being pushed to to kind of be forced to be involved in offense, that's one thing that Chris Paul, even with, you know, how how he's, you know, starting to to decline, he makes sure DeAndre Aiden is involved in the offense. He kind of forces him to be at times. Aiden, I've said this over on Locked on Bulls before. Aiden could be just as passive as Patrick Williams if he doesn't have a point guard force him to be in offense. And that's that's concerning for a team. So Yeah, they just it just it feels like they don't know how to use him without Chris Paul out there. He's like mopey too, right? We had all of those issues at, at the end of last season where he just basically got benched in the playoffs. And you were right. They wanted to move him. He didn't sign that offer sheet with the Indiana Pacers to way late in free agency, meaning they were looking to do anything they could and they couldn't, and then they couldn't even trade him to that team. But it feels like it's almost inevitable that he's going to be on the Indiana Pacers coming up this next season here. But as you said, there was no bench, right? We didn't get another Landry Shamit game. He had six Mm -hmm. points, right? You had TJ Warren get in there for a few moments, and it looked like he might elevate them and give them some scoring. He finished with four points on the night, right? Like, that was their big savior. Their big savior Ford scored four points. Like, you're not going to, you're not going to win when that's the case. And Devin Booker has to be perfect. And he's basically been, yeah. But he's also like human too and immortal here. Do you, you think Chris Paul's got to give it a go and try and play coming up? I think I think he has to. I mean, because your 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 team's facing elimination now at this point. I think I, mm-hmm. that that you have to. And yeah, I mean, Chris Paul has had his own issues this season, and you know, be, having games where he's not effective and things like that. But I think you you have to try to suit it up and give it the best chance you got. Because I tell you what, the way that Denver played in this game, I. It's going to be hard for, for Phoenix to beat them, is what is what I say. Well, especially if you also get Kevin Durant, who yeah. like it no-showed the first quarter, the first half, basically, before finally kind of getting some things going. That was just kind of bizarre. And then, of course, you get the flop where he like it barely <laughs> extends his... That was the best. We needed a moment yeah. in this game, in the second half. where like, And then they had to review it, which was the most unnecessary thing, but clearly... Jokic learning from from Ishbia how to flop on on an elbow like that. That was like, I don't know, some sort of entertainment in a second half that was just getting away from one of those teams there. Yeah, and Jokic kind of smirked after it as well. He knew what he was doing, man. Like he, you gotta love somebody who can learn on the fly. And so you know that twenty five thousand dollar fine. I guess the biggest thing that you can is you can learn from it and use it in your own game. And he definitely did that. Yeah, there you go. It's yeah. a, it's it's not a mistake if you learn something from it. Then it's a learning experience, right? There you go. That's what that's what Jokic Jokic got there. But I, I don't know, Phoenix, like. You're right. Like they just need more depth, I think. And 
you know, another shooter would probably be really good there. Like if you could turn DeAndre Ayton into some like Buddy Heald and someone maybe from the Indiana Pacers, if you can find another center you like to to soak yeah. up some of those minutes, like that seems like a trade that they should do or something along those lines to kind of add a little bit more depth there. And I think it's inevitable. You you said it earlier on. I think that he is destined to be an Indiana Pacer, DeAndre Ayton is. And, <laughs> and they they have players that could help fill out this team. Um, so you know, I don't I don't know exactly how that deal is gonna work out, what what the Pacers are gonna be willing to put in it, but it seems like a foregone conclusion that is gonna happen at some point in time. Do you think this Suns team, as they're constructed now, if they don't make any moves during this offseason or no, like big significant moves say they keep Aiton is that a team that you look at going into the playoffs next year with Booker with Durant you know whatever Chris Paul is at that point in time that scares you or are you just going to look at them and go yeah no there's still huge flaws there I mean there's I think there's going to be flaws there regardless but I do think that you know a, a offseason of them being together because I think we're still seeing like Devin Booker and, and Kevin mm -hmm. Durant find their rhythm in yeah. this playoff series like I, I do think they can they can improve Maybe using that mid-level exception to bring in some some talent to where they can. Uh, they can they can definitely improve, but I think they're still going to be flawed either way, and they're not going to be that team that, despite all the talent in the world that they have, that they're just going to be looked at as unbeatable. They're going to always have flaws that the right team and the right coaching staff is going to be able to pick apart um, unless they do break that up. And I think you know, getting swapping DeAndre Ayton out and bringing just a kind of a defensive-minded center there that just blocks shots, rebounds, and does that type of thing. Yeah with filling out that bench can do them wonders this offseason. Yeah, like they don't need much out of the center position, it doesn't yeah. feel like, right? Like, just give you rebounding and shot blocking some, even if it's just rim protection in some capacity, like that's all you need on a team like that. You want Devin Booker and Kevin Durant taking those shots, and we've seen that those guys, those guys can do that. They've been pretty electric all postseason, minus the, you know, first quarter there from yeah. Kevin Durant. But this one, you think this one's over? I think so. I, I mean, and I would love to be proven wrong because I'm a guy. I want to see as many game sevens in the playoffs as I can. Yeah. Let me get my money's worth. But I don't know. This game just this felt different. This felt like like kind of the that that's the last push. I think Denver's going to come out and take care of business in, in game six. Yeah. And, and Phoenix in the fourth quarter looked pretty gassed. Like they just looked done. It felt to the point where Monty pulled everybody with five minutes to go. I think something mm -hmm. like that. Like seems a little early where you're like, okay, this one's truly done. So their season might be on the brink here if they don't get a win at home, which will be at least be good for them. We'll see before heading back to get Denver for potentially game seven. But I'm with you. I think this one's basically going to be done. So coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on NBA, we play real or fake. And I think this one's kind of spicy and not the easiest answer here so that's coming up here next in today's episode of locked on nba and thank you for making locked on nba your first listen today and every day we're here monday through friday for y'all no one else comes to you like this part of the locked on podcast network every day covering the biggest stories all of the playoff games staying up late here right covering everything you all might have missed the night before and every Wednesday, we play real or fake. I'm, I'm going to steal from someone here. It makes me feel a little dirty stealing from Colin Coward, but we're going to do it here. <laughs> he has a list of his top 10 players remaining in the playoffs. So, Hayes, real or fake, Anthony Davis is the best player remaining in the postseason. Ooh. Uh, um, I'm going to say fake on that. I'm going to call fake on that. Who, who you got instead? Joel Embiid. The, I mean, that's fitting, the MVP. 
Yeah, and I think the way that he's playing, too, it would be hard for me to pick anybody over him. But, I mean, Anthony Davis, and the thing is, too, we, we're still in that spot of Anthony Davis. It's like every other game you can bet on him yeah. to show up. If he was more consistent, I, I probably would lean towards his way. But I'd right now, uh, game seven, the game's on the line. I'm betting on Joel B before I'm betting on Anthony Davis. You know, I seriously considered this one for, for a little bit. Like, when you look at the list of the players left, and here's his list right now, right? It's number one, Anthony Davis. Two, Steph Curry. Three is Jokic. Four is Butler. Five is Booker. Tatum. Embiid is seven for him. Durant. That's a little crazy to me. Eight is Durant. That also might be the point, right? Nine is Jalen Brown, and ten is LeBron James. There might be a little bit of trolling in there, in there too, I think. But when I've watched Anthony Davis and how dominant he's been defensively, right? I think he's been the best defensive player in the playoffs, might be fair to say. You know, I'm I'm from Los Angeles originally. My entire family still lives out there, even though I live in New Orleans. And I talked to my dad and I was talking to him and I was like, so what do you think about like Anthony Davis, how he's been? And like, before he said anything nice about Anthony Davis, it was like, that dude doesn't show up every game. And so if my dad's going to say that, I don't think I can agree with this. So I'm with you. I think it's fake that he is not the best player remaining. I got to give it to Jimmy Butler, though. I think he might be the best player right now remaining. This is a guy who's taking a a Miami Heat team that was not great in the regular season that lost the first game of the play-in tournament and has them on the verge of the Eastern Conference Finals yet again for the third time in four seasons. We just heard him screaming that he's the best player basically alive. They talked about it on the Locked on Heat podcast. I think he's won, but I'm with you that Embiid is probably very up there, at least in the top three. Like in my, my order is probably something along the lines of Jimmy Butler, and then you can put these two in any order, Embiid and Jokic. That's fair. And and I love the point that you made, too, with Jimmy Butler, because he t- he's he's pulling a team that during the season just looked like a team that was just old, right? They just looked just like done, they were, right? Yeah, and and they have looked amazing. It's like that, that f- first loss in the plane woke them up, and Jimmy Butler has not looked back since then. It's It's crazy to see. Yeah, like it's he like he's the definition of a dude because he's done this so many times before, right? And this is just kind of his nature as a player that just wants to carry a team. And he's just gonna almost like will them to victory to the point where even if he's not having the best game out there, like how much does he make everyone else play harder around him because yeah. you don't you don't want to deal with like an upset Jimmy Butler, let's say, who is gonna like not let you live down, not playing to the best of your ability. Like you saw some of this with with the Bulls in Chicago and kind yeah. of understand him as a player. That's kind of why I elevate him up there. I think Embiid's a good choice. I think Jokic is a good choice too, right? You kind of saw it with him a 50 point game and they lose, which like you're not putting that on him. That's on that's on someone else. But yeah. Anthony Davis seems like just a little bit of like recency bias in there for some of the performances. But I think the biggest thing with him is like, it's every other game with him right now. I'm not ready to like give him that. Yeah. And I I can't wait to see what Anthony Davis does. Like if the next series does end up being the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, that, that matchup and how Anthony Davis can guard Jokic and stand up to that is really going to be the story of that series. If that's the series we end up getting, um, but, you know, Anthony Davis, I can't take anything away. Anthony Davis has played great, uh, def- especially yeah. defensively throughout the series. I just – it's just always that in the back of my mind when, when it's him. It's health, of course, which yeah. hasn't been as big of a question. But then also, is he actually going to show up this game? And so, as long as that question's in my mind, it's hard for me to pick him as the best player in the playoffs. 
you also saw the the Golden State Warriors kind of figure out how to use him, you know, or what to do with him defensively and almost game plan around him, right? Those high mm-hmm. pick and rolls with Steph Curry in that first half where Curry was just absolutely torching him and torching the Lakers and keeping him out of the paint. You know, it, it it's not like the Rudy Gobert level of you put him on the perimeter and that guy is like non-existent all of a sudden and you can yeah. kind of build your whole game plan around it. I don't know if you can do that with Jimmy Butler right now. I don't know how you can game plan for, you know, Joel Embiid at all. You know, back to what we were talking about in the first segment. Kind of same for Jokic too, right? Like I, it, when I look at it with those guys, I want to see players that you're like, yeah, they're going to dominate no matter what. What, uh, what do you think about LeBron James at, at 10th on that list? I mean, I, I I really can't argue. Get, like, LeBron has been solid, and I don't want to take away from what he's able to do, especially, you know, at his age and how long he's been doing in the NBA. But I, it, to me, LeBron just – this is the, the – LeBron seems more mortal than what he has at any point in his career before. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not I mad mean, at him at number 10. Okay, that's it's fair. I don't know if 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 Colin Coward, I can't believe we're talking about him on the show. He's like <laughs> messing around with us. Jalen Brown at nine at times feels a little bit high, but I think you've got to include him somewhere in yeah. that list. He's been a, at times kind of up and down. Joel Embiid at seven is the one that kind of blows my mind, and I get why you would uh, take him there and, and put him at the top. Just after that game, man. Looking like the MVP, living up to that, you know, being out there on the court, that the availability, I think, is just such a big thing. And he was like, oh, I'm coming back. And it was like, oh, okay, we're going to have some fun in this playoff series here if that's going to be the case. Yeah. And I, when he said he was coming back, I'm like, how much, how, how much of the real Joe Allen beat are we going to get in the playoffs, considering like there were questions of if he was even going to be able to return in that game. He comes in and right away looks like the MVP. And so, you know, shout out to Embiid for what he's been able to do, uh, just stepping up when his team needs, playing great uh, the way that he's been playing. And uh, I I don't understand him at seven on that list at all. I really don't. I do not understand that at all. (laughs) No, that one. uh, What what about Harden being left off? Like Harden, who's we've seen a resurgence of like the good James Harden here. We can't make fun of him anymore for this sort of thing. Yeah, I I, I think too with with me, it's always that thing in the back of my mind with Harden, like. It's coming at some point where we're going to be able to make fun of him again. But so far, the series, like I said, even in, in the in the game tonight, only taking eight shots. But like that's not indicative of the impact he had on the game. He was playing smart out there, and so mm-hmm. we you haven't always been able to say that when it comes to to uh, uh, um, Harden and how he plays. So Harden's been playing playing really good in this, and you know some of the performances we've seen from Harden, I didn't think that we would see that Harden again at all. So hats off to him there. No, it's been impressive. Like, and he used to do all of those crazy things that he's done in the postseason, just like regularly on like back to back nights. It felt like in Houston. So it's nice to see yeah. the resurgence there and that just kind of play coming back because we've seen some great performances. Hopefully, we're going to continue to see some great performances in the postseason here. There's more games coming, which means y'all got to stay tuned to Locked On NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, because we're going to be covering it all here. Hayes, man, I appreciate you subbing in. This was fun. Yeah, definitely fun. I could talk basketball all day, man. This is my passion. I love it. <laughs> I know. That's and that's it's the passion of the listeners too, and why they're listening to the Locked On NBA podcast. So that's going to do it for this show. Stay tuned tomorrow. Nick Angstad, Hayes' co-host, Pat the Designer, going to be on there breaking everything down. Should be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Locked On NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.